Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Recruiting Every Second podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. And this show is presented by Bet Online. We'll get more about those guys here in a second. But man, this show is slam packed. We've got some news and notes here for you in the beginning. And of course, we'll get that message from Bet Online and then get into our feature interview with another fellow member of the Believe Podcast Network family. It is Mr. Kyler Kerbison, who is the host of the Believe in Tennessee football podcast. And Tennessee football certainly needs a little bit of belief, a little bit of hope, as we'll touch on in the interview that we recorded here with with Kyler that I think you're really going to enjoy. And, you know, Josh Heupel uh, trying to pick up the pieces of that Tennessee program. And one way he's been able to do that is transfers. And we'll we'll hop right in to our transfers here. Uh, for Tennessee they now have nine transfers coming in of course a slew of you know a slew of players left the program kind of jumping off you know including uh, Henry Toa Toa who's now at Alabama so there's a lot of stuff uh, going on in the in the Tennessee program you know all the what can kind of be categorized as lack of institutional control which is I think what they'll get from the NCAA under Philip Fulmer, and of course, under Jeremy Pruitt, who, uh, by all estimation, just totally uh, whiffed or, or ignored what was going on, which was a entire lack of supervision over just preventing rampant chaos inside of the Tennessee program, but. Like I said, Josh Heupel's trying to make up for some of those losses through the transfer portal, taking advantage of that one-year rule, the uh, the one-time transfer rule. And the latest transfer to hit happened back on May 20th. That's William Mohan out of Michigan. He came from the University of Michigan. This is the second Michigan transfer for Tennessee this offseason with Joe Milton, the quarterback, coming in. Uh, Mo- William Mohan is a outside linebacker, only played – in one game as a freshman for Michigan, but you know, obviously, just having been around a, a program, a power power five program, having practiced for a full year, gone to classes, all that kind of stuff, any kind of experience like that helps out. And I'm sure William Mohan will make an impact for Tennessee right away, as most of the 
transfers that they're bringing in will. It'll be interesting, of course, to see what Joe Milton ends up. And the other person I want to talk about in our news and notes, and we'll get to it here in just a second, is JoJo Bermudez. JoJo Bermudez is com- is committed to Rutgers, but Tennessee offered him a couple of days ago. I reached out and talked to JoJo. JoJo said, you know, it was unbelievable to get that that offer from a, a school like like Tennessee, a, a you know his first SEC offer, and you know j- he said just to get the opportunity. Uh, not too many guys get get those kind of opportunities where he's from. He's up from the New Jersey area, so he's he's very excited about it. Hopes to be able to get down for a visit. Doesn't have any plans um, right now. Um, Rutgers definitely has been there with him from the very beginning, so he is very very still uh, says he's committed right now, solid to Rutgers. But a visit down there to Knoxville and kind of seeing the difference in football uh, up there. And Big Ten area and SEC, I think, would be interesting. Anytime there is a offer this late in the process, you have to pay attention to it. So JoJo Bermudez gets an offer from Tennessee. So he's a 2022 wide receiver. Coach Pope's the one that talked to him up there at Tennessee. So uh, that is kind of your news and notes of Tennessee real quick. And like I said, Josh Heupel is the one that's got to do this, and Tennessee's kind of betting on him to do it. So – uh, speaking of betting, I did want to say that our show is brought to you by Bet Online, and Bet Online, guys, is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And thankful to have our show presented by Bet Online and, of course, here on the Believe Podcast Network. And now we're going to get you to that interview with Kyler Kerbison. And we are back here now on the Recruiting Every Second podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow us using at recruiting underscore SEC. And we're going to bring in here one of the other fellow members of the Believe Podcast Network. It is the host of the Believe in Tennessee football podcast. That would be Mr. Kyler Kerbison. Kyler, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I, I'm I'm super jealous of your name and the fact that you got the SEC and recruiting every second. And it works so well. But I feel like mine is so mundane and just believe in Tennessee football. But uh, thank you for having me on. Hey, believe in Tennessee football. People need to believe right now. People need a reason <laughs> to believe in Knoxville. And that believe and that hope, the lifeblood of college football is recruiting. And that's what we cover here on the Recruiting Every Second podcast. So, Kyler wanted to talk to you about specifically, you know, Josh Heupel now there in Tennessee uh, trying to clean up what I consider a colossal mess. Uh, You know, the the Jeremy Pruitt era did not go the way that Philip Fulmer or anybody else thought it thought it might go. Well, depending on who you were at the beginning of it, it didn't go. But but no, I just. Before we get into recruiting specifics, I just want to know, having gone through spring practice and stuff like that, been there and covered it yourself, 
what's the vibe right now in Tennessee football? Well, I mean, honestly, I, I think people always jump in and believe in whoever comes up next. I think this is a little bit different of a situation because in the past, us UT fans and players have been taken along for a ride and 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 what we expect to happen is not. So this is a huge time for Hypel to really gain the trust of every fan out there and the players because it's tough to believe in what's going on in Tennessee just because of the track record the last 15 years has been so you know up and down and and if higher and then a fire and then a higher and then a fire so I think he's headed in the right direction uh, with some of the stuff he's doing, making it very family oriented there, uh, you know, talking about locking down the state as much as possible. And those are kind of things that that UT fans have been looking for. And they want someone who's real, who's not fake, because we've had fake coaches in the past. They want someone who is level headed because we've had coaches in the past that you know, get fired up when people ask them, why are you losing? And it's, hey, you're losing. So we're going to ask you, uh, don't be so upset about it. So I, I think if he can just be who he is and be that country boy, he knows he is. I mean, you know, growing up in the South, being an Oklahoma quarterback, people from the South will like you. So as long as you're true to your roots, I think you're going to be okay. Well, you know, to a certain extent, Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt was a pretty southern guy too. You know that's true. That's true. You got me there. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think Josh Heupel does bring a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, especially being from that UCF you know program that that does things just differently. There's a different feel that UCF is kind of like you know America's darlings. You know to a certain extent, except when they named themselves the 2017 national champions. That kind of ticked a lot of people off, especially in the SEC. You know, not yeah, I don't think people really like that that much. And it was one of the first things everyone talked about. You know, when they hired Danny White and then they hired Heifel, it was you know, are, are we going to bring this here? Because right now Tennessee is not even close to the championship of anything. So okay. we need to make sure win a couple games first, and then maybe we can put up a banner. I mean, by that standard, though, I mean, if they get close, they could just name themselves the SEC champions, right? I mean, that's that's kind of how that's kind of how that rolls. So, but if that's uh, hey, if that's what you believe in, Danny, go ahead. <laughs> in all in all seriousness, though, um, you know, Josh Heupel does have a a task in front of him. You know, we 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 were talking beforehand before we started recording here about kind of the the twenty twenty one class. Josh Heupel didn't have a ton to do with that. Um, they finished. They finished number 22 in the country, which was not a, a bad finish to the class. However, it looked like at the beginning of that class, before some of the turmoil hit with possible sanctions and violations and things like that, they were they were headed for a top you know five, top ten class. It looked like, of course, yeah. everything with the McDonald's bags of cash, all that kind of stuff come out, <laughs> a lot of big decommits, de all that kind of stuff. Just wanted you to kind of touch on and we'll get into the transfer part of it here in a minute. But from the high school part, the guys they were able to bring in, what's the feeling on that 2021 class and, and some of those guys that are going to be freshmen this fall? I think it was a uh, you did as best as you could, Heifel. <laughs> I mean, you like you said, it was such a crazy situation uh, with the whole coaching staff leaving. And 
a lot of recruits aren't going to sign up to that. You know, it, the same thing happened to us when uh, Butch was fired and, and Pruitt came in. All those recruits were, uh, I don't know if I trust you. I don't know you enough to really be a part of this program for four years. And we lost big recruits. We lost Cade Mays the first time. You know, he went to Georgia and, you know, through the transfer portal, we got him back. But that 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 stuff's going to happen. And I think he did a good enough job just holding it together. But, you know, now as soon as they all got here, we, we lose a couple to the transfer portal because they get in trouble. Um, you know, there was an arrest on campus, uh, something about, um, you know, illegal drug uh, possession and stuff like that. And then both of those guys, transfer. They're, they're trying to get out. So it's been a very tough road for Heupel. I mean, he's at 30 plus transfers right now from Tennessee. So I think anything that he can do in a positive light, which is bringing these other guys from other schools, you know, that we'll talk about is really impressive, honestly, just to be able to kind of turn it around. Hey, if you want to be a part of us, come be a part of us. If not, go on ahead. Like, I'm not going to make you stay because I want you to stay. If you don't want to be here, you're not going to put in enough effort. You're not going to care enough about this team. Then you can leave. And I, I think that's, you know, what happened in a lot of this transfer portal stuff, too. Absolutely. And as we're recording this, we're actually recording this on the evening that Kamal Haddon from Auburn has committed to Tennessee. This will, this show will be released, of course, at a, at a later date. But uh, Kamal Haddon from Auburn, you got Jawan Mitchell from Texas, an inside linebacker. Haddon was a cornerback. And then, of course, guys like uh, Dejon Terry and yep. Javonta Parker, you know, defensive tackle from Kansas and Javonta Parker, Mississippi State uh, wide receiver. So, Inner SEC transfers Heupel's bringing in. That, that's something that he's, he's trying to do. Also, some guys who have some playing experience. So, like you said, he lost around 30, 30 people to the transfer portal. But the eight or nine, you know, so far that have come in here are going to be impact guys for Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, immediately. And it, it's obvious that he's trying to fill the holes on the team. And, you know, now with these new transfer portal rules, it's almost like the NFL where you can bring guys in off free agency. What do you need? You know, what positions are, are, are weak and, and, you know, bring in good guys that can, you know, either start or be a role player for us. And, and, you know, our defensive line is weak. Our linebacker, our, our defense is probably the weakest part of our team. And, you know, the addition of Juwan Mitchell was massive, uh, you know, losing Henry Toto, losing Maurice Crouch. I, I mean, there were so many guys who left that it left our linebacker room depleted. So getting him there is huge. Uh, getting Haddon here is huge. Getting Dejon Terry and Caleb Presley from or uh, uh, Caleb from USC, it, it 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 totally revamps the defense. It makes it, you know, maybe they won't jump off the screen at you, but it gives us depth. And right now, that's what we need because, like I said earlier. 30 plus guys have left and our team is, is very low. And, you know, we talk about the recruiting violations here in the future. It, it, it might come down to the recruiting classes. Like you don't get to sign as many as you want. You, you know, uh, you only get 15 or 20 guys per class and, and that can really hurt us. So being able to bring in as many guys as you can right now is very, very important. Yeah, and that, that's something that, you know, I think I always, 
keep in mind when I'm covering uh, recruits, interviewing guys who have been that are considering Tennessee stuff like that. I don't outright say it to them, but I just wonder in the back of their mind: Are they are them as a high school student? Are they even cognizant or aware of the the just absolute nuclear bomb that could be dropped on Tennessee before too long with the with the lack of institutional that dreaded phrase lack of institutional control you know yeah. i mean that, that's something that they gotta look out for in the future but you, you talked about manufacturing depth and adding depth one place they've certainly added depth is at the quarterback position <laughs> yes. good, uh we and just to remind everybody real quick we're here on recruiting every second i'm blaine gilmer with Kyler Kerberson of the Believe in Tennessee Football podcast, talking about everything Tennessee involves recruiting right now. And one big thing, trend you see this offseason is quarterbacks coming to Tennessee. I mean, my goodness, Hendon Hooker transfers from Virginia Tech. Joe Milton shocks everybody uh, transferring from Michigan to Tennessee. Kyler, what, what's going on with this quarterback position, especially with the transfers? Well, I think a lot of these guys trust Heifel and, and what he's done before for quarterbacks. They, you know, they know he's a Heisman winner. They know he's got or a Heisman runner up. And he, I mean, he's got Heisman winners that he's coached. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's a trust thing that, oh, this is going to be a fun, up tempo offense. This is going to fit my style of play. Uh, and I can get a lot of stats out there because, whatever pops on the screen is what's good for these quarterbacks. So I think, I think that's what it is. And, and all of these guys, you know, I'm sure Hypel saying to them right off the bat, Hey, you can compete for a starting job there. I mean, no one's got anything solidified. I've been here four months, so no one's on my good side or my bad side right now. It's all about how you prove yourself once you're here. And that is very intriguing to a lot of guys transferring, you know, the Joe Milton's and, and the Hendon hookers, they didn't really feel like they they were getting a fair shot at their at their past schools. So they're saying, "Hey, let me go somewhere else where I know I can just compete at a in a blank slate and try and earn that position." Now, right now because Hooker and Mauer and Bailey have been the ones out there so much, those are the front runners. I personally think Mauer is at the top of the pack and it's his job to lose right now, but if something were to happen during training camp, Joe Milton comes in and he's our day one starter at the first game, that means he balled out. That means he was very, very impressive during training camp and was able to show that he is a bona fide QB1, which is a good sign for us. Whoever comes out to that first game, that's going to be exciting because he competed against four other good quarterbacks and was able to come out on top. Then, of course, you also have, you know, Caden Salter, who is a member of that 2021 class, in some trouble right now. Uh, we won't get into all that. You know, suspended could come back. And if he if he does come back, then that just adds a, another, you know, piece to the puzzle there to kind of uh, sift through because he's a very talented uh, quarterback himself. But how many – my question to you is how many of those quarterbacks are still at the University of Tennessee <laughs> – by the time this ball rolls around. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, Maurer has talked about transferring before, you know, before Heifel even got here. Um, and I, I, depending on the rules, I mean, if guys can go wherever, it, it's such a different world now. I mean, it should we even call it commitments? Should we even call it signings? Like, it doesn't even matter. 
at this point. They can leave after a year. Like, is it really signing on to a team for four or five years? It's not. You can leave. Um, and it, and it's so crazy if you think about it. Guys could be grad transfers, so you can go to three different schools without any penalty of play and be able to just get your name everywhere. You can play in three different conferences throughout your entire career, and it's just it's just crazy the new rules. So honestly, I I see it just continuing to happen to keep continuing to go down this path of of guys if they don't get that starting spot, they don't you know, think they're going to have at least two to three years as a starter, they're going to leave. And I could easily see, you know, Maurer starting and Bailey being like, hey, I'm out of here because there's some other guys that are ahead of me and they're going to be here for another two years and I'm not going to wait around and and play one year maybe. Like, I, I'm going to leave. So it, it it is definite possibility and I think it's just something you have to be careful for moving forward in every offseason. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're a Harrison Bailey, you know, from the from the state of Georgia, what's stopping you from saying, okay, that's fine. I'll just go to Georgia Tech and be their quarterback for the next three years and, <laughs> and be be great down there or go to Mississippi State who really doesn't have much at the quarterback and and just play in Mike Leach's system, you know, until he gets fired at least or, or whatever happens over there, you know, because yeah. it's it, it, crazy stuff's happening in the SEC all over the place, but no, I, I agree. I think that, you know, it's it's definitely gonna be something fun to fun to watch and kind of see. But yeah, uh, touching now on the, the twenty twenty two class and as we do that, I wanna remind everybody you're listening to the recruiting every second podcast. I'm Blaine Gilmer. You can follow me at B Gilmer eighteen on Twitter. Follow the show at recruiting underscore SEC. And we have Kyler Kerbison here with the Believe in Tennessee football podcast. We'll put all of his uh information where you can follow him the show everything in the description down below so uh and then if you're listening on the podcast on the description wherever you're listening at you'll be able to see all the information in there as well but kyler you know this 2022 class um not a big class so far right now five five uh commitments but not that's not shocking like alabama only has like six commitments right now i mean there's there's a lot of different uh things going on and i think a lot of it is pete coaches are really waiting for those in-person evaluations the camps to come yeah. around they haven't seen a lot of these kids that are going to be uh seniors some of them haven't been seen since early in their sophomore year so yeah you know a lot of stuff that has to go on but just hope you can give us a little insight on this 2022 class what do you kind of anticipate out of high pool and what are some things that he's going to hit hard yeah, I mean, he said it multiple times. He really wants to lock down the state. So I think he's really looking hard in the Nashville and Memphis areas, recruiting very, very hard all throughout the state and and wanting to you know, not let anybody leave because that's happened in the past. You know, I mentioned Cade Mays earlier, leaving from Knoxville Catholic, which is the school that I went to. Um, Amari Rogers doing the same thing, going to Clemson. Uh, T. Higgins going to Clemson. It's just a lot of guys, a lot of big-time names in the state leaving. I think that's one thing he's going to try and do. But some of these early recruits that I'm seeing in this class, and like you said, this could be because, hey, we haven't seen some of these guys play a lot. We haven't seen them in person. We haven't seen them in camps. But it seems as if these guys are good players for UCF. They're not necessarily great or good players for Tennessee, which is something that I worry about. Like, is he still in that UCF mindset? You know, I know he was the offensive coordinator at Missouri. 
you know, I know he's the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, so obviously he was recruiting big time guys there. But a lot of three stars, a lot of smaller guys. I mean, you know, Vincent Sneed is is, is a pretty good size as an edge rusher, but Elijah Herring, who predominantly has been an edge guy and a rush guy, is only 6'2", 225. That's not big enough to be a defensive end in the SDC. He's going to have to be a linebacker, and he has no tape being a coverage linebacker. So it's like, what are you? What exactly are you seeing? Are you just seeing him being a rusher? Because that's not going to work in the SEC. It's just not. You you have to get bigger guys. You have to get speedier guys. It, it's just not going to happen as a, as a top tier defensive end. And then, you know. The most recent, Brian Grant, is an offensive lineman out of Florida. You know, they recruited him at UCF, so they offer him again here. And he's got a huge frame. He's 6'8", but he's 260, between 260 and 270. That's small. You need to be at least 300 pounds to compete in the SEC and be a starting tackle. And what also worries me is, you know, he started playing football two years ago. He's very raw. He's been a basketball player his entire life. And I don't know if he has that nasty in him. Because at a high school level, what you're looking for at an offensive lineman is the nastiness and the size. Because nobody has technique. Nobody on the field in high school has technique. They don't even know how to coach that to players. They're just trying to tell them to go get a ball or move this guy. You can learn technique at, in college, and, and, and it makes a huge difference just being in college for a year. I remember being a freshman in college, going back and watching my high school play and thinking, why are they moving so slow? What What's going on? And, and it's just the learning curve when you're in a college atmosphere and, and how much you understand the game more. But a guy like him, I, I don't see any nastiness out of him as an offensive lineman. I, I, he's got – Okay, he's got good height, but where's the weight? Where's the muscle? Where's the where's the strength? Where's the tossing dudes? I don't see that. So those kind of things do worry me. But like I said earlier, I, I find solace in the fact that he's made so many transfer additions that maybe it's just a struggle right now in the recruiting class because of how Tennessee is seen and not being able to understand completely what those guys can bring to the table. But these transfers he's bringing in are exactly who we need because Juwan Mitchell's a leading tackler for Texas. Yeah. Uh, John Terry would have started every game or started two games, would have played in every game, but he was hurt for one of them. So it, it's guys that are legit players and get legit time on their team. And it's not, it's not like they weren't going to start wherever they were going to go. Absolutely. And, you know, there there are some needs to to bring in some of the big names that like last year, I can think in the 2020 class, you know, bringing in uh, a guy like, you know, Cody, Cody Brown that they did, you know, ended up ended up leaving. That was a big win for Tennessee early on. They had Kamar Wilcoxon early on. He ends up going to Florida. They were right there with Amarius Mims. I mean, I, I, I covered, yeah. you know, I write also for Bulldog Illustrated each and every day. I covered Amarius Mims' commitment very closely. There was a, there was a, actually a time where I thought Tennessee was going to win that recruitment and, and bring in Amarius Mims. But it's going to be somebody like that, somebody like a 
I don't I don't think by any means he's going to end up there. But somebody like a Walter Nolan, who is a you know five star defensive tackle out of Cordova, Tennessee, a, a somebody like that, a hometown guy, like you said, to be able to stay home. That's he's it's going to take Hypel convincing just one of those, just yeah. one of those to to kind of break down that wall, if you will, and and get it going. And I think they will get the um the the commitments rolling in there, especially once. NCAA kind of clears stays up about what it's going to be like. I think you're also right about, you know, locking down the state. You've got like yes. University of Georgia has Jordan James coming in out uh, from out of Oakland High School, Mur Murfreesboro, Tennessee, you know, running back, four-star running back. I mean, that that's a guy that in in the heyday of Tennessee, he's in Knoxville, you know. Yeah, so. there's, there's no way he's going anywhere else that, you know, but back in those early 2000s, if you were in Tennessee, you weren't going anywhere else. Phil, Phil Fulmer was getting you. Absolutely. Like uh, Jamal Lewis at, at running back, you know, that kind of yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, not that he was – not saying where he's from, but I'm just saying a Tennessee running back, you know, guys that that really made that mark um, there underneath the Philip Fulmers during the heyday, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I just uh, – I really think that it's going to take just a big splash guy, and Heifel is – going to kind of like you said i think he's really supplementing with the transfer market right now and i do call it a market because that's what it is it's it's uh like you said free agency, man. It's, it's yeah awesome. it's it's totally different now like i said like i can't even call it a commitment anymore like are you committing to anything you have the freedom to leave at any time you have the freedom to transfer at it after any year so i don't even know if it is a true commitment and, you know, I agree with you. You need that one big name and it will solidify a class to where guys go, oh, well, I'll join him. I'll play with him. I like him a lot. I met him at this camp. He's a really good player. And, it, you know, what does he see over there at Tennessee? Maybe I should go take a look. And you can get a lot of recruits that way. Um, you know, I was excited for Taven Jackson, the quarterback. And I think that's a position that Heifel's always going to recruit well just because of who he is and offense that he runs. Quarter, quarter, yeah, exactly. Quarterbacks are just intrigued by it. So uh, that that looks up for Tennessee because in recent years we have not had uh, the quarterback play we wanted, uh, you know, ever since ever since Dobbs left. So um, looking up in that category, but definitely, definitely want to lock down the state and, and, like you said, get that one name that can really solidify the class. And listen, I think Tennessee's doing some smart stuff. Like, you know, they don't have a huge name game week one, but they decided to move the game up to Thursday, just gets extra eyeballs to their program. Let's say they come out and, you know, be able to hang 50 on Ball State and they're looking, you know, they're running 80 plays in a game, just looking, you know, throwing the ball everywhere, moving it, explosive plays. Well, that's yeah. that, that is going to catch high schoolers attention that's going to say yeah. hey that's like a fun offense to play in is that kind of the 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 goal do you think that that hypo and, and company have with moving that game up oh definitely i i think it's getting it on the national stage i think it's showing everybody exactly what we can do because you know that thursday night game it doesn't matter if you're a tennessee fan or not if you're a football fan you're excited that football's back and you're going to watch the game you know, even though it's a lesser opponent, Bowling Green, it, it doesn't mean it's not important at all. It, it's his first showing. It, I think he's going to go balls to the wall with all the offensive calls he can get. And, I mean, 
I see it being shot play after shot play after shot play because that's stuff that he did in this spring game. I think he just tells the quarterbacks, hey, if you have one-on-one, if there's any chance if it's 50-50 or better, throw it, and we'll live another day. Like, if if, if it's a drop pass, we'll live with the consequences, but we're not going to, you know, play timid out here, which is exciting to see. And like I said, I think that's why the quarterbacks love it. They love to see this offense. They're like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to play timid. I'm going to sling the rock, and, you know, I might throw it 50 times a game, but – that's part of the offense, and we'll we'll see what happens. I, I I am excited for the season, and you know I've said it before. I think it can almost be like Ole Miss last year, where just so much scoring, so much offense. They didn't really have any defense, but they're the closest team to Alabama all year because they just kept scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. So if if we can get close to Alabama by just scoring, I would be very happy and very entertained uh, during the entire season. So. Absolutely. Two questions about Josh Heupel uh, as compared to the, you know, previous regime there. Do you think that one, so you're saying that quarterbacks won't probably get just absolutely reamed on the sideline over there. Like, <laughs> like Garrett Garantano seemed to do on the reg with, with uh, Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, that those, you talk about two that butted heads, man, that, that was a, that seemed to be a living water type mixture there. Well, if you wouldn't make the, astronomical mistakes that he made then maybe you wouldn't get yelled at as much when you wouldn't call your own number versus Alabama in Tuscaloosa then maybe you wouldn't get reamed at so much I, I think it's the biggest downfall of Jeremy Pruitt's era is his trust in Jared Garantano and the, and the fact that he kept him in for as long as he did and just didn't try somebody else you know even if at the time Jared was the best possible quarterback to go out there and win and be competitive versus an SEC team. Maybe the guys were just too young and they didn't quite understand the offense, but just staying, staying in your old ways and not trying something new can get you fired. And if it wasn't for the recruiting violations, he was almost on the way out anyway. I mean, people were very upset with him. They did not want him there. And it was just a little cherry on top with the recruiting stuff. Oh, well, trust me, I, you know, being a guy who covers Georgia, you're not telling me a whole lot with the trust of a quarterback. Many people thought that Kirby Smart did the same thing with Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, know, I know how that can be. But the second one is if for some reason, which I don't think it'll happen, but if for some reason, let's hypothetically say coaches are still required to wear some kind of facial covering, a mask, yeah. if you will, during – do you think Josh, there's any chance Josh Heupel sports the cornholio look <laughs> with, the, with the head sleeve that Jeremy Pruitt did at in Athens? I pray to God he does not. Um, I I really don't want to see another Tennessee coach be a laughing stock, and it, it has happened way too many times with Dooley sitting on a stool because he broke his hip, uh, with you know Butch Jones in the trash can, and then Jeremy Pruitt with the wrap around his head looking like a nun. I I just just wear a polo, wear a windbreaker, yeah. wear a hat and 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 leave it at that. Let's let's not try to get too gimmicky. Let's let's be normal human beings while we're out there, please. 100%. Well, uh 
Everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Recruiting Every Second. Our guest today has been Kyler Kerbison of the Believe in Tennessee Football podcast. Like I said, we'll put all the information out there in the description below, but go just search Believe in Tennessee Football. So make sure to subscribe, rate, review his show. Do the same for mine here. And yes. uh, guys, we, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you next time on another episode of recruiting every second on the believe podcast network presented by bet online want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th find tons of gifts from only 30 dollars at nordstrom rack fragrance jewelry luxury bags activewear beauty and more Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.